You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, I know a man. Have a listen. Here's another of the regular interviews with Lee and Graham. Putting our 100% home record to one side for the moment, there's also been a very welcome return to away form since our last meet-up in October. But there are some crunch games coming up as we enter the second half of the season. The welcome appointment of Brian Smith as assistant manager was announced just a day before we met up. Right, guys, thanks very much for agreeing to another interview. Um, as I said earlier, it's in stark contrast to the kind of mood that there was the last time. Because just to refresh your memory, it was the 15th of October. You'd just lost at Headensford and you were about 24 hours later to lose to Hyde. Now, what completed that horrible run of four away defeats. So how happy are you, or are you, that the problem has been solved? I wouldn't say that, you know, I don't think you can ever say the problem's been solved. That would imply that there was... A problem in the first place. Well, well, one, that there was a big problem in the first place, which, you know, there was to a certain extent, because of most unlike us to, to go through that kind of run of results. But I think we mentioned it at the time that you know there was a number of factors. I don't think there was just one isolated factor that no. that was responsible for for that little run. So we've certainly addressed a number of things since then, and that's been reflected in in, in the results in, since that period. But yeah, you, you know we're, we're obviously delighted to claw our way back, so to speak. Yeah. And if and it's a big if if we do go on to be ultimately successful this season, i.e. achieve promotion, then it'll be all the more sweeter for you know, for that experience or those experiences that we went through mm. during that during that tough Everything's time. a lesson to a certain yeah, extent, and, isn't and it? And look, there'll most probably be a, another tough spell between now and the end of, end of the season. Yeah. I mean hopefully well look, hopefully not to that degree because if it is to that degree then we we can pretty much rule out automatic promotion, mm. uh, certainly. But yeah, football will always throw things at you that you're not quite prepared for sometimes. And uh, but we feel like whatever whatever does get thrown at us, that we feel as a group collectively we're we're much better equipped to deal with it than mm. you know for the experiences and for the for the experiences that we've that we've that we've mm. had. You mentioned at the time this phrase you'd picked up from our Rugby World Cup win teacup. Yeah, think the acronym of T-Cup, yeah, thinking correctly under pressure. Yeah, and and yeah, I think we've been, I think we've improved on that particular aspect as well. In terms, of, you know, we've we've the results have been very strong recently, but there's been times through those games where we've been tested. There's been questions asked of us, and I think on the whole, the lads have come up with the right answers at the right times, and all credit to them for for that. Mm. I mean, um, given the injury situation, which obviously resolves itself over time, I, I'm just thinking about that Basford versus Hyde match on Saturday. Absolutely incredible. I mean, I think they had a worse injury situation than than you ever had those what three or four months ago. Well, they've, had, they've certainly had a few injuries. Yeah. Um, whether they had them in the same area like we did, I don't. I'm not quite sure. Well, it's certainly been egged up on their right. on well, their page, but I guess we'll see on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going back to what Lee was saying earlier on, you know, it's uh, our good run of form coincides with us generally having four or five forward players available. Mm. So we have options for yeah. different games. 
um, which is great. Lads are scoring goals, lads are creating goals now. But yeah, certainly, even even the uh, the players have noticed and, and said on a couple of occasions that, you know, whether it was the draw at Lancaster or whether it was a win at Witten, that we wouldn't have won that or we wouldn't have got a point at Lancaster three months ago. So obviously the confidence has grown in terms of yeah. us getting results. I was just going to mention that because I think another comment that you made, Lee, the last time we spoke was that um, there will come a match where we'll get through it, we'll get three points against all the odds and see if that was it, that was the match mm. when we knew we were back on track. I got that feeling at Witten, actually. I wasn't there, but after the Witten result. Because um, since we last met, um, won six home games. Yeah. You've had six away games, you've won three, drawn two and lost just the hide one. Um, but two of those away wins were Whitby and Scarborough and I was at both of them and it didn't feel like an away game because Whitby was 95% Shields fans yeah, was, um, yeah, and Scarborough incredible. wasn't, you know, this Scarborough yeah, had yeah. a bigger following so it wasn't as uh, pronounced as that. But did, did you get that feeling after Witten that maybe that, that was a result? Because it was all the odds, wasn't it? I mean, there were the officials were absolutely well, down. Yeah, there was that, without a doubt. And again, it's not very often we speak or make a point of speaking about Ooh. officials publicly. But it was it was crazy at Witten. Mm. You know, it, it was. You look at some of the decisions that were being being made, and you, you felt like you know, somebody's got something against you or, or something. And the lads coped with that really, really well. And and I think. We showed two sides to our game against Witten that all title-winning sides have to show, and that is, you know, we showed some real high-quality levels of kind of skill and, and yeah, you know, high-quality levels on the ball in the first half, and then there was big periods in the second half where we had to dig in and show some real grit and determination and fight and scrap, call it what you will, and. Weighing all those things up, that was you know right up there with with one of our best mm. performances of the season, I would say, uh, because the, I've been to Witten a couple of times before recently. Obviously, we we were both there together in the FA Cup last season, and I, I was there not long before that with Blythe, and the pitch was really really nice at Witten, and we were half expecting a good pitch, and then when we got down there, it was it wasn't no, it wasn't. So you know all those things rolled together. It was. It was a. It was a real good, real good result in performance for us. One that we'll undoubtedly take a lot of confidence from. Mm. But I mean, I know you, you're focusing on the away games, but even like the Staley Bridge game here at home. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, Josh popping up with a, you know the winner in the 92nd minute yeah. or whatever it was, and that was you know absolutely crucial. That was a horrible, horrible day here. You know, obviously we've got a nice pitch here, but the conditions were pretty brutal. Baltic. Yeah. yeah. And we we found we found a way, and there's you know there's you can't really substitute that you know you got you you've got to find a way because it's it's actually quite rare that you'll get days where all the stars are aligned. If yeah. You know what I mean in terms of like yeah. pitch and weather and officials and so. Talking about the officials, I mean, I imagined quite naively, as I think a lot of people have done from the comments I've seen recently, that the higher the level you go up. So too should the higher the level of the refereeing, but clearly that doesn't seem to be the case. It's very inconsistent, isn't it? It is. 
there's no no two ways about it. It's, yeah, it's frustrating at times. Um, I don't know. Again, you would like to think that they're they're quite a bit better than Northern League level. Well, we're not not necessarily seeing it consistently. No. The, the key to refereeing is consistency, I think. Mm. Um, just making sure that it doesn't look like there's any sort of favouritism, you know, called home referees or whatever you want. I don't, it's just just as long as you're consistent with your decision making. Because like it didn't seem the case, as it has been in some games, that the opposition have bullied the referee into making certain decisions. It didn't even seem to be that. No. I haven't seen the highlights. No, um, no, we just felt it was uh, that one particular game was was fairly one-sided. Yeah. In the decision making, you know, we ended up with four or five bookings. Yeah. Which Without wasn't a, bad a dirty, tackle. wasn't yeah. a dirty game. No. Blaise was a, a can't get out. He's, he's literally got to disappear off the face of the planet to get out of the way. That one, he's tried to try to make a tackle. The lads nicked it, and he's ran into him. You can't yeah. move yourself. It's, no. a, it's a foul. Definitely. Momentum, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. momentum. Yeah. So it's a foul. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Phillies, I think, is an accumulation of probably a bit of dissent, and then ended up with a, mm. <laughs> with a little with a yellow card for a, something that he probably wasn't <laughs> even involved in. Um, Harmies was supposedly an accumulation of fouls, even though he'd been on the pitch for some total of 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Connells was the biggest one for me. Yeah. So, again, you know, their forwards... It was a time-wasting. Well, yeah, so yeah. They're, they're, they're forward, they've, they've kicked the ball, you know, they've shot off target, the ball's gone behind the goal, their centre-forwards picked the ball up, as you've seen many times in the past, you know, picked it up, put it down on the spot in, so, the, so the goalkeeper can take the goal kick. Mm. Liam has quite rightly picked the ball up, and because he, he genuinely likes to, likes pre- to place pre- his own ball, well, yeah. well, prefers to kick from the opposite side. Yeah, which yeah. he kicked, he kicked from the right hand side of the the six yard box every time through the game. Mm. But it's the keeper's prerogative to make that decision as to which side he kicks the ball is, from. Yeah. And as soon as he picked the ball up and walked across the box, the referee went and, and gave him a yellow card. So I don't know. I did, I, I can accept officials, you know, making mistakes because. You know we're all human, and as long as you feel like it's um, they're just they're just genuine mistakes, rightly or wrongly, I've I felt on in Saturday's game. I don't even know if I'll get a trouble for this, but I, I felt like that particular referee gen, genuinely had some something against us for some reason. That was that was the thing that was tough to take because it was. I mean, Graham very diplomatically said he was quite one-sided. It was more than quite one-sided for in my book, but hey. you know, low, low, he steps past one of them midfield players. You know, we're, we're now on the counter-attack in a good situation, <clears throat> and Lowy being honest, he gets dragged back, but he tries to fight him off. But they gain an advantage by pulling his shirt back to stop the momentum. Mm. So he's tried to play the advantage, fair enough, but nothing comes to it. You still have to book him. So these are the sort of things we're coming up against. Mm. Um, it was just frustrating, but uh, fair, all credit to the lads. You know, on another day, you, you could get people absolutely losing their heads when it's completely going against you like that. Yeah, um, it did feel like we're playing against 12, yeah. 12 men on the day. This is why I say, looking at Witten, um, it does seem that that's the game where you thought, despite everything, the pitch and the officials that we've talked about, you made it through. Yeah, and I, I can quite points. honestly say that. I can see Witten taking points off off teams as well mm. towards the end of the season, especially on their pitch. They they have a, a way of playing, and they're pretty good at it. To be fair, the direct and the two front lads cause problems. Um, 
So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they take mm. ten points off teams. So we've we've managed to come out of that game with maximum points, which is which is brilliant. Yeah, it's what you want, isn't it? and they do seem to be a very friendly club as well compared uh-huh. to some of them. So. It was a great set of festive results, particularly, wasn't it? That was the period when we all thought, yeah, we're on the way now. Um, but Harmo, Harmo, it seems to be some kind of secret weapon because I think he's only made three starts. He's been brought on a sub a few times and he's scored six goals. Now, one of those starts and two of the goals were against West Auckland Tons. and shouldn't dismiss that, but obviously it was easier. It, do you see him? Is that sort of player one where you know you can bring him in to pull things back, given the fewer number of starts he's had, or is it just Har- rotation? Yeah, well, Har- what I would start off with Harmy is that he didn't do any sort of preseason. He was playing cricket. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of like, he still has white so many arrived, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, if you if you consider that next to some of the other lads who've had a full preseason, then. He's still playing catch-up in terms of fitness levels and yeah. things, but certainly when Ben gets on the pitch, he gives everything he's got. He's he's just an option for us. He's different to what we've got. Yeah, that's what we'd say. You know, we've generally got fairly small, nippy, quick lads up top, and, yeah. and Ben is a great option for us to. Well, he's got some speed. When you look at his legs, they hardly seem to be moving. It's, it's uh, incredible. Uh, to watch. It's half a pitch and three. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, and I was behind the Scarborough goal when he got that. Beautiful world, I mean, it was just because I was right behind the ball, it just seemed to be getting bigger. Yeah. And thought it's going to hit the woodwork because that thing had already. He was trying to waste time, wasn't he? Really, yeah, he was trying to put it over the ball. Yeah, <laughs> no, fantastic. But but it's again, that, it's no. one of them where you know, it's, I, look, I've been involved in games many, many years ago where things like that happen, you don't quite get it right. The keeper catches it and launches it down the other end, and they and you. You've got to be very careful with him, so I'm glad he got it right. Because, yeah. uh, you know, you're, take, you're taking a bit of a chance at that yeah. stage in the game. But um, You always get those balls sometimes when you think, was that a cross or was it a uh, shot? Uh, yeah. What, like Zinchenko's last night? Shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it goes in, it's a shot. I've heard it said a few times that, and again, I don't want to focus on the negative still, but the teams have somehow sussed how we play and they're kind of not allowing us to play like that. Is that... A bit flippant to say that. Yeah. Is it right? Pass on then. Well, if it's us, how we play, we wouldn't win. How, how if we won 11 oh, yeah. 11 yeah, yeah. at home? No, no in the games where you've look, lost. Look, I don't care how any team sets up. They can set up the same way every single week. Yeah. They can go and publicly tell everybody how they're going to play. But at the end of the day, if you're too good with how you use the ball, you're too good with how you use the ball. Mm. Um, I don't care how you set up, whether people think that, you know, We've got you sussed out. We've been really clear that this is the way we like to play. We're not going to change our kind of philosophy, if you like, on that. And it's well, it's work. It's working, isn't mm. it? Any team, any team, Terry can come to Mariners Park and bank up. Any team can try and make it difficult for you. That's got nothing to do with the way that that you play or them sussing you out, so to speak. Mm. You know, any team can can go to an opposition club and and try to play for a draw and they will un, it will inevitably make it more difficult for you to to open up big big spaces and you know in, in the in the final third which is where you generally score goals so it's I don't think it's a case of like I don't see the point in that comment really no no fair enough yeah, yeah. 
we've got very fast moving football in midfield. In fact, that's probably what we're known for, I would imagine. But then very often, when it comes to the final third, sometimes a player will just make a second touch of the ball, whereas from the first touch, I feel that it's, you know, the defenders are less prepared, the keeper's less prepared. In the final third, you make decisions on yeah, what yeah. you see. It's, you do, yeah. you, you are, you're, you're reliant on players to, to decide to make the right option, whether it's a shot, whether it's a pass, whether it's a, a cross in that situation. That's, you, it's, uh, it's up to them. It's, mm. It happens so quick that you know, you've, got to, you've got to be able to see things and execute them mm. really, really well. Um, I think we're, we're doing that at the minute. We're, you know, particularly, obviously, Lee's finishing has been fantastic in the last oh. few weeks. Amazing, um, yeah. Picking up some really, really good deliveries as well at times. You know, you, you go back to I mean, Josh. Whenever Josh Gillies on the pitch, he guaranteed a certain number of fantastic deliveries into the box. Mm. Um, you know, Falls has contributed with some really good assists recently. He's probably yeah. a little bit frustrated that he hasn't scored as, as many. Yeah, as long as he got man of the match a couple of matches ago, I think. Mm. Yeah, at home here. So all the forwards are contributing. So it's difficult. It's, uh, the only thing I would say is like we. We get frustrated when, and the lads pretty much know this, that if you're hitting a shot from 30 yards with your weaker foot, how many times really um, is it going to go in? No. That's, that's the one I don't foot, You don't mind someone hitting it from 25 yards with a, the stronger foot and it doesn't work out, that's fine. It's mm. not, not an issue. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's it, like I say, it's that final third. You've got you've to be responsible Split for your decision. decision making. It yeah. is, it happens quickly. Yeah. I mean, Lee's uh, form over the last few games has been absolutely phenomenal. And given what's happening at home as well, new baby, mm-hmm. so obviously more demands on his time at home. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we both know since the, the moment Lee came at the football club, the qualities <coughs> he's got, he's a really talented footballer. He's intelligent. He's yeah. an intelligent footballer. Yeah. Um, he... He manages to find spaces in very tight areas because he because he is clever with these these little movements, these little jinks. He stop stops defenders and starts again, and manages to get himself that little extra half yard. Mm. Um, and like you say, his finishing's been magnificent. Yeah, and in a way, it wasn't long ago, by the way, when he was playing well, and we were having chats with him about like just just keep going because you're contributing. You you can you. You kind of um, assisting other people, but he was getting frustrated that he wasn't scoring. And then yeah. all of a sudden, as as any striker knows, you get the first one and they come in a boatload. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't it, so long ago. Terry was getting stick at Warrington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of so-called fans who said he wasn't, you know, good enough or whatever to to, to be at the club, and it's just it's laughable. Mm-hmm. It's laughable, it really is. But uh, it kind of, um, if you like, verifies the. The theory of strength and depth, doesn't it, when you've, you've, Carl's just injured his ankle and he's going to be out for three or four weeks, something like that, that um, you've now got Lee on song and banging him in. Yeah, we've got good options. Yeah. That's it. It's, um, again, you've got, to, you've got to just hope and pray that Carl gets back as quick as possible and we don't get what happened earlier in the year where there's another two, three mm. or four mm. to complement that one. Um, so... You've got to have luck along the course of a season. You have to have luck as well as playing well. Oh yeah. Um, so hopefully Carl will be back as soon as possible, and yeah. and in the meantime, the other five strikers keep on playing well and and scoring and contributing towards yeah. the team. Good situation in there. Absolutely. Right. Um, talking about injuries as well. Um, Kala due back hopefully quite soon before the end of the season. I would 
I would have thought, is that right? Did I read that? Yeah, we're just waiting on some medical clearance, really, from from the you know his consultant. Yeah. As to when he can fully integrate back into like full contact and training, and then that then kind of gives us the green light to start considering for for selection. Yeah. But I mean, Anthony's been training with us, you know, with the main group for probably two, three weeks now, and um, I mean, session just gone on on Tuesday. He looked really good, <laughs> really good. Looked like he'd never been away, to be honest Excellent. with you, which is remarkable considering the length of time he has been away. Yeah. So yeah, it's look, it's it's great news. Um, the more the more high quality players you can have available, the the, the better. When you think, you know, Terry, how the the psychological effect to have an injury for such a long, long such a long period when you know at the, the stage of your career that, that that Anthony's at where you know he kind of established himself as a pretty regular in the first team and you know he's at a club which is you know pushing onwards and upwards and to kind of have that big part of your life taken away from you mm. uh, for for over a year now you know Anthony deserves a lot of credit for for keeping himself mentally in a, in a in a positive place and you know he'll undoubtedly have been have gone through some some Deep real dark periods, periods mentally yeah. you know and uh it's testament to uh to, to him how hard he's worked to to not give up and to to show that perseverance and resilience that he's shown so you know yeah. it's absolutely absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah. i think been. it's worth mentioning that andy with that as well <coughs> so andy's um part of his role that you don't see is obviously everyone knows how the physios that treat players but yeah it's there in a psychological capacity as well to keep him positive and mm. Andy's done it really really well I'm sure Callum yeah. would be the first to admit that, yeah. that Andy spent a lot of time with him um, and, and really uh, the two of them deserve great credit he must have felt really out the loop must not he well you do see you play with both played with players who've had long-term injuries and yeah it is it's difficult for them you know they want to, they want to be out there they come, have to come to the games and sit and watch and all you can think is I want to be out there and it, and it gets a, a bit depressing. So to keep, uh, again, between the two of them, to keep Anthony in a, a really good frame of mind and coming back looking as fresh as he is after this, um, it's, uh, it's a good test for the It was great to see him uh, warming up there just a few weeks ago. And it, it's, yeah, it's been, I think, for fans, it, you kind of thought, you're not seeing Kala, you do remember how good he was, but is he ever going to come back? Because, I mean, there are obviously some cases where players don't, but it's really great to see that. I mean, this is a question from one of the guys. With uh, his rehab progressing well, will we get to a point where we have three quality left-backs vying for one spot? Any thoughts on Blair or Kala playing as wide midfielders, i.e. change of formation? Well, I think Kala and... Particularly Callagher and, and Blair have got the ability to play higher up the pitch. Mm. Um, They're so fast, the pair of them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Look, Blair's been exceptional this season. You know, I, I like it at this point, you know, talk about Darren Loff as well. You know, yeah, I, I want to. Darren, yeah. Darren is, um, we've, we've said this you know, when we spoke together, myself and Graham, a number of times. He's, he's, he's possibly the most unlucky player at the football club in terms of, you know, Darren is Darren's standards. His own personal standards are, are absolutely top top draw. You know whether he's playing or not. You know I'm sure many of the fans, home and away, will have seen. You know even if Darren doesn't get on the pitch, first thing he does after the final whistle is 
he'll go and, and you know get a real good sweat on and, and work himself yeah. really hard just to keep keep himself mentally and physically in the right place so that if and when he does get his opportunity he, yeah. can, he can try and grab it with both hands and and Darren's just been a, a class act in terms of the way he's um, the way he's, got, he's gone about his business you know and and uh, he's been exceptionally unlucky in so much as I would argue Blair's been he'd definitely be in the mix for player of the season up until this point uh, you know and um, so it's been hard for us to to uh, to give those opportunities that Darren's probably mm. deserved, to be, to be honest. But that's unfortunately, as they say, you can only play eleven from the start, and, and, that, and that's that's been one of the one of the tough things. And, and what you're coming across of playing one higher up, we obviously we, that was enforced on us earlier in the season with having less options. Mm. Um, so playing Blair slightly higher up, um, which he can do, with no doubt, because he had a couple of decent games up there. Um, but we have the forward options now, um, and I think it's fair to say that Blair is more comfortable at left back. Mm. I think if you ask him that question, which would you prefer to do? I think <coughs> the answer would be, yeah, I'll play both, but I prefer a left back. Mm. So while we've got the options up front, it's, um, it's really difficult to, to make that uh, that decision to go right. Well, one of the forwards will left out and go, we'll go and play Lafayette at left back, and, and Blair, for example, higher up. Mm. Yeah, I was going to mention Loff later on because, um, as you say, he's been a bench warmer game after game after game and sometimes he didn't even get off the bench. I think he had one start, he's had a couple of starts. In the well, past, generally speaking, unfortunately, you know, where you look where Darren plays on the pitch, yeah. generally speaking, you make a lot of your subs in the second half of a game and generally speaking, it's to try and change the course, the course of a game. Yeah, of course. And with the greatest respect, a fullback is, you know, it's usually for it's usually forward players that you would look at first and foremost when you're looking to try and influence the, you know, the out the outcome of a the outcome of a game if it's not quite going going your way. That's just realities of football, I think. But as you say, I think it's a measure of it's hard. It's harder work front Terry. That's why. It's what? It's harder work at the front. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously have this. Yeah. Maybe in a four-player league, yeah. you know, defender. <laughs> I guess but, uh, that. It's right, though. I mean, again, you look at it, and you, you know, you, you tend to want to keep your back line intact as much as you possibly can. Sometimes we'll give John a rest, like we did the other week when when the game's comfortably won. Um, there's an example, but generally your substitutions will be made um, higher up the pitch. Yeah. Someone's looking a little bit tired. Whereas you know, well know, we have generally have more possession of the ball. Yeah. So you're asking our forward players to, to make a lot of runs. Yeah. So it does get tired. It's noticeable um, you've you've taken a leg off after you scored a couple just to uh, uh, but that's not that's kinda of become a little bit of a running joke, <laughs> isn't it? But uh, <laughs> you know, it's um obviously look lately has contributed as we've talked about massively. But um there's a couple of occasions he's looked a little bit tired. So Yeah. Again, the the one game which game was it recently where he came off half, half time? Said his hamstring was a little bit yeah. tight, so yeah. again he went, he came on, he scored another goal, and then we right, thought, right, well that's uh, we might as well get him off now and try and protect him. Yeah. So this is a we don't ignore as well. You do, if if someone's saying, you know, we've got a really honest group of lads who yeah. want to play as much as they can. If they're saying that they've got a slight niggle, you have to consider it and say, well, okay, you can keep playing, but that slight niggle, which might put him out for a few days, might turn into something that's a few weeks. You know, it's all all these considerations we have to. Mm. Yeah, cool. To discuss and put plans of action together for. I mean, once Callas back, 
and uh, you've got Darren as well, obviously, and the players on the pitch defensively is uh, a thought of putting one of them out on loan just to give them a bit of game time. And I was thinking specifically up to the recent matches about Darren in that respect. To be honest with you, you could argue that you know Kale's probably the one that needs to to go out on loan more potentially more than. And I'm not saying that that will happen, but no, um, you know he's been out for over a year. Is it that long? Uh-huh. Boxing Day, Boxing Day 2017 was the yeah. last game Kala played. That was away to uh, Kendall. That was the last game he played. So, you know, Darren's obviously played a, a number of games since yeah. since Boxing Day 2017, and Anthony hasn't. So you would argue potentially he might be the one that more of a case would for need yeah, need yeah. need more game time. But uh, well, sorry, loan loan spell. But we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Is something may happen. You never know. You know, touch what it doesn't happen, but if Blair or or Darren gets injured between now and when Anthony's fit again, then that, that, that'll change the picture, obviously. Um, mm. If one of the centre backs gets injured, because yeah. Darren comes yeah. as a centre yeah. back as well, yeah. so, so uh, all sorts of scenarios. And Baza, yeah, uh, I think there was talk of him being back by the end of the season as well. Where would you fit him in? Yeah, well, okay. so many players can play in so many positions. And you've got cover in every position, haven't you? Yeah, and obviously we've known for a while that Barry's going to be a long-term yeah. one, so we've had to we've had to plug that gap, if you like, in the in the squad. You know, we brought in Nathan Lowe, we brought in Urson Wander, so yeah, I mean Barry's still awaiting an operation, so there's mm. still the end of the tunnel is still a distance away for for Barry at the moment. So again, we'll just have to just have to see how that one. Got a second of Feb as he's operating. And they've yeah. probably told on about a six-week recovery time, something right. like that. So you're talking about. Do I get the impression that Andy was instrumental in kind of putting pressure on the NHS to bring that forward a little bit? As far as I'm aware, yeah. It's, you know, it gets frustrating. Yeah. Um, when you're not, <coughs> haven't got the, you know, like the um, the top clubs have got all private medical insurance yeah. and they get whipped in within a few hours and get scanned <laughs> and the operation <coughs> done within a day or two, mm. and then they're back on doing the rehab straight away. Um, obviously, we're not at that stage and. We're in the hands of the NHS, which obviously, mm. is, as we all know, is inundated. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it can be can be frustrating, mm. um, but it's just the process we have to go through, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. Can I go off piece for a little bit here? Um, we've, we've talked about the strength and depth that you've got, which at times is an embarrassment to riches because you've got players that aren't getting the game time and maybe getting a little bit um, upset about it. Before you bring players in. I know you like to talk to the players and keep on board and know exactly how they're feeling about everything in life, basically not just the job in hand on the pitch. Mm-hmm. But do you ever consult the players and say, look, we need a little bit of cover in midfield or, or whichever department on the pitch? You don't? No. no. That's, our, that's our decision. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought yeah, you would the, say. The, but the I just player, you can't... You know, because you we, get... We, we trust, or obviously we, you know, we've got to... Huge level of trust with, with with our players, with the dressing room, but at the same time, it's like almost like asking turkeys for for Christmas. Yeah, you know I know what you mean? get it's, it's, you get twenty different opinions anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you know it's it's, yeah. it's not with the greatest respect. It's not a democracy. We're not saying it's a dictatorship, no, no. But, it's, but it's not a democracy. It's constitutional monarchy. <laughs> yeah, so you know, look, we get paid to make those kind of decisions yeah. and we, we don't want to yeah. it's not right for us to 
kind of offload those decisions to a certain, to a greater or lesser extent to, to other people. That's for us to... Yeah. Because at the end of the day... We, You're the managers. Yeah, we That's are. And, you manage, and, and we, yeah. and, you know, ultimately, we'll live and die, so to speak, by... On your own decisions. By the decisions. Yeah. yeah. And, and you can be, you can, you've been comfortable with that. When all is said and done, whether you're successful or otherwise, as long as you feel like you've controlled the things you should have controlled, then yeah. you can take a, a, a level of solace from that. Okay, you talked about it's like asking turkeys to vote for Christmas. But let's take a scenario where you've done your job, you've selected a player, you haven't consulted because you don't need to, and that's not the way to do it. You haven't consulted the squad. Then you bring a player or two in. Is there ever a situation there where Fred Bloggs is not is, is a bit upset because... That's just the nature of the game, that. Is it? Yeah. Listen, yeah. you've got to handle you it. Hope, you hope, well, we, we think we have. Yeah. You, as a manager, you hope that you've got a group of players that want that want the best for the club. That they want, obviously, they want the best for themselves, but they want to be part of a winning team. And if a player comes in and they're they're of the right quality to enhance what you've got this club, then for me, players players should should like should almost like that. You know, even if it's just more competition for them, because hopefully it then pushes yeah. you know pushes their standards even higher and. You know, I, I would question anybody who would, you know, openly or otherwise, like, be critical of a manager bringing in a, a player in the same kind of position as position as him. That's just how I feel. Yeah. But kind of the players you've got there already, you've done your due diligence on them, and you know that they're not the kind of guys who are going to think, oh, I'm on my way out now because they brought this bloke in. Well. As Lee's saying, if, if that's the mentality of I've brought someone in in my position, that's me done. If that's your mental thought process, then, that is you done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, ultimately, if you then think, oh, there's a player coming in my position, I'll prove that I'm better than him, then we've got a, a really good situation where yeah. we've got two people fighting for the same place. Yeah. So what, what I'll add on top of what Lee said is, whoever we bring in, we make sure they know they're not guaranteed a shirt. Everybody who comes to this football club, yeah. knows that they have to fight for the shirt that if they want yeah. to play. So it's not a case of, oh, yeah, well, you can come in, you're guaranteed to start ahead of such and such. Mm. And come in and show that you're better than what's already here. So it's highly competitive. So kept it's on a, their it's metal, the then. only way to be in a football yeah. club. It's highly competitive. One of the recent-ish signs, Nathan, how is he getting on with the travel? Is he still commuting from, is it Wigan, Wigan or somewhere? Wigan, yeah. 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 Jordan is, Nathan loves it here. Yeah. He absolutely loves it here. That's kind of obvious, yeah. No, you know, he, he, he goes out of his way to, to let me and Graham know how, how grateful he is for the opportunity here at Celsius Football Club, which yeah. is brilliant. You know, we've said it from day one. You know, all the lads that have been with us from day one since since we took over will all, I'm sure, nod their head in agreement if they heard you say this. That We've said on a number of occasions that, you know, the, the minute that you look like it's just another day at another football club, is the minute that your days are numbered here, mm. and you know I think we often, as, as you know, sometimes as human beings, we 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 constantly remind ourselves of the things that we haven't got, and sometimes uh, neglect to remember or appreciate the things that we have got. And I think we've always tried to push a culture where we're grateful and really appreciate the things that we things that we do have. Mm. And the lads, you know, all of us here at the football club get a lot from the football club and we've got to be eternally grateful for that and that that then hopefully then is reflected in how you go about your business if you're in a state of gratitude and appreciation 
then that will that will be reflected in like i say how you go about your business mm. so the last thing we want and i think you know you look at people like alex ferguson who obviously had a you know a really really long tenure at, at one club i think that's probably what he did exceptionally well was kind of maintained that that culture that, that appreciation of of what what they had and what it was what it, how special it, it was to be at manchester united football club and of course we're not anywhere near the same level as my united but it doesn't mean you can't can't harbour the same culture and, and, and drive the same the kind culture of culture can be the same oh, just 100 percent yeah. um so again i think we, we we see that from nathan that he doesn't see he actually doesn't see the traveling as a, as a, as a big issue mm. because the positives far outweigh the negatives for him and that's that's all he can ask for as a mm-hmm. as a manager that your players think on on those kind of terms and I take it with a fair few games in the <coughs> northwest. If you're playing over there, then Nathan doesn't come over here to get yeah. the team bus to go over there, does he? He meets there. I would assume, does he? Yeah. Yeah. He did a win. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of compensates for the travelling he's doing. Well, he's missed an awful lot of away games. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've got a few out of the way. But uh, no, it works well. Yeah. But, um, no, good. I'm really pleased. He's a class player. He's a good lad. Really good yeah. lad. He's getting better and better as well. Every week, mm-hmm. he's just. You know, it takes a while to settle in. People think you just go into a football club and it's like, right, well, I just play my normal yeah. way. It's, it take a while to settle in, get used to the environment, get used to the people, and then obviously have to learn what the team's all yeah. about as well yeah. at the same time. So, I mean, I think the best teams are those where the individual <coughs> players know where their colleagues are at any given point of the game. They don't even have to look up sometimes. It was the same with Leicester when they won the championship. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Without a doubt. And, and it's getting that way. Mm-hmm. But I think at the beginning of the season, perhaps, there were so many new players coming in that uh, simply just yeah, by dint of the fact they hadn't played with each other. No, we said, you know, we said right the, at the top end of this interview, Terry, that there was always a, num- there was a number of factors. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just that the was fact that we had injuries. Yeah. It was, you know, a high number of players that weren't as familiar as what some of the other lads were in terms of knowing exactly where the people were going to be and when and what what yeah. kind of football 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 so yeah. such a chaotic game by nature that you're never going to be able to have control over all the pieces you know no. and predict exactly what's going to happen in the next five five seconds yeah. but you can have a percentage wise you can have a better idea through through that higher level of understanding tactically what what everybody's you know, required to do and and, and that's what we work off. Mm. Um, and like you say, you know, Phil Turnbull knows exactly how we play now. Gary Brown knows exactly how we play now. Josh Gillies does. You know, Blair Adams does. You know, it's it, you know, and the list the list goes on. Um, you know, we, we we are we're getting there. Mm. Can you tell me about Brian Smith then? That was the uh, welcome announcement yesterday that mm. Brian's coming in as assistant manager. I know you both know Brian. You from Long time. well Whitley no, Bay. No, Whitley Bay. Yeah. I think I've, I've possibly known Brian longer than what I mean. Obviously, Graham spent a lot More of time very closely with yeah. Brian. Obviously, you know. So I, I got to meet Brian at Blythe Spottons, um when I was assistant manager there. Yeah. Um, made good friends with Brian. Was he a player then? Brian was a player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Came in when Harry Dunn was managing. Got sent off in his first game. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a good start. Yeah, uh, that was a good start. Yeah. Um, and then obviously getting to know him over a period of time. When I got the North Shields job, brought Brian on the on the staff because I know what 
characteristics and traits he brings to. Yeah. He's a fantastic people person. So the lads will love working with him. I mean, Bry's responsibilities will be to be in around the lads, get to know them, get to know their their characteristics. But he's also got roles of going to watch. So take, for instance, this this weekend, he'll go and watch a game for us to mm. get some some information on them. Um, he might have to go and watch some players for us and things like that. So it's just a it's a it says assistant manager, but it's a very broad kind of term. He's there to assist myself and Lee. Yeah. So that's ultimately where he is. He's. Well, I don't know which one of you was quoted in in the piece that Dan wrote yesterday, but it's another pair of eyes as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like I said, we we had since Martin Scott left the club, we we've pretty much been the four of us together, myself, mm. Lee, Andy, and and Phil. Now, even just at our level, you look at other other benches. You know, sometimes they've got six and seven people staff-wise on there. So we feel like it's time where we do we need that that help, that mm. assistance that another set of um, eyes and ears brings. And and we're delighted that Bryce agreed to join. Mm. Great. And has he started already? Yeah, his first session was on Tuesday. He'll be back again tonight. Excellent. And then he's uh, off. Having a little watch of a team for us on, on Saturday. Oh, you're not going to so, say which one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I reckon you'd be able to guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, so is it, it's it's becoming the dark side mafia, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Terry. <laughs> let's, not, let's not get personal. <laughs> Do, see, my family's actually from North Shields, believe it or not. I won't bother giving you the history of it. But uh, Brian is from, he lives over there. Towards End, like Yeah, so he's. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention was um, the Stratford Town game, mm. which took us out of the trophy. And it was a cruel game, that, wasn't it, the way it went. But I think Finners had scored in the 17th minute or something to put you warm, one up. Yeah. And then, um, was it Josh who handled on the line? No, it was Nathan. Nathan, Nathan sorry, yeah. And he got a red card as well. So there's a penalty in red card. Is that evil legal? Isn't that double jeopardy? I've heard this talked about a lot. Nobody seemed to be be able to come up with the right answer I just think it was really harsh if you look at the replay it's two penalties really isn't it yeah you look at the look at the replay and the centre forward is as the ball's come across the goal he's got a, a glance off his head which you know he's literally stood three yards away from, from Nathan Yeah. Nathan hasn't actually moved his arm towards the ball he's had his arms down <coughs> by his side and it's kind of come off his yeah. arm after the ball's deviated from the centre forward I don't know. Hand on heart, Terry. I don't even. I don't even know 100 percent what the what the what the rule is. Well, the double jeopardy is if if you basically if you're trying to gain an advantage by it. So in the referee's eyes, in that instance, he was. He's saying that Nathan yeah. has tried to gain an advantage by. Right. So it's not like a, a tackle where you're trying to win the ball, but you bring somebody down. So that would be classed as double jeopardy. Mm. If if the referee thinks the ball's away from him, you just side them down then you're trying to gain an advantage and that would be a red card. I'll tell you what the most frustrating thing was about that particular incident, Terry, was the referee has stood in line with the ball on the edge of the box and after it comes off Nathan, the referee crosses his arms as if to say no no penalty after obviously the appeals. And then the linesman who has stood 40 yards away off the side of the pitch has started waving his flag around. Mm. Now... The reason I find that really frustrating is that week after week after week, we see linesmen who are afraid to give a throw-in. They wait for the referee to tell them which way to point the flag. But then, but then you've got the odd linesman who decides he wants to literally alter the, 
you know, the, the, the ultimate yeah. course of the game yeah. by making a decision when he's literally, and you can, you know, you have to take my word for it, he's literally more than two times the distance away from the ball than what the referee is. But there you go. And it was cool the way it ended because it was the 94th minute when I was Yeah. I mean, do you look back on that and think, well, end of story, close the door on it, and actually, <laughs> I mean, it's a cliche, isn't it, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, we can concentrate on the league now, but I mean, it, it's it, it's true. Well, we'll tell you how true that is. Well, yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, I asked, I asked you the last time if you'd like to predict what the top three are going to be, and you said, I'll tell you at Christmas... Did I Christmas, say that, did Yes, I? you did. I'll tell you at Easter. I can put it back to you. I'll tell you at Easter. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's looking a bit clearer now, isn't it? Because at the time... Yeah. Well, you were, you're looking at the league now. If I was going to predict it, and it's like a very loose prediction, the mm. top three will be ourselves. I'm not putting this in any order. No. Hopefully ourselves top. Warrington and... Um, Farsley. Farsley. Yeah. That's what I would predict at this moment in time. Mm. Nantwich might stick a spanner in the works, Scarborough might do, there's, there's other... other Nantwich teams, are kind of in a false just, position. Cause a, they, there's a lot of games to play in. Yeah, Nantwich have, have got what, four, three or four games ahead, mm. they're the three or four games ahead of uh, the three or four teams below them, so... Yeah. That's a game we should have won, Nantwich, yeah. Nantwich yeah. away, nil-nil. Mm. Well, um, I think that's it, gents, let me just have a quick skim through... Oh, I, I, I went down to the Lincoln game, the academy. Oh, I was so impressed. Even just the ground. But one thing I was really impressed with, it was, I mean, they were 4-0 down, justifiably, because Lincoln were superb. Well, But then to come back and get two goals, and that free kick from Callum Carney was... Brilliant. Oh, it was. This world. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. It really fills you full of... Encouragement that yeah. this is what's coming up through the ranks, you know. Well, we were actually really disappointed, weren't we, on the night? Well, because result, yeah. you know, I think it was just a classic cage of stage fright for for a number of well, a number of the boys. Um, it was a bit intimidating that stadium, I would imagine, uh, compared with what they're normally playing. Look, physically they were, yeah, you know, you know, on average, they're probably about what four inches taller than us, mm. ten kilograms heavier than us, I think. You know, physically that that was shown in in the game that we we struggled, you know, athletically and physically too. But but the, which look, you can't change the physical dimensions of, a, of of your squad. It is what it is. But what what we felt we were disappointed with on the night was you know just that lack of uh, kind of well that, that whole teacup thing. You know, like mm -hmm. you know thinking correctly under pressure. Yeah. Can can you regardless of and I know it's easier said than done, but regardless of the the external distractions, if you like, i.e., the bright lights, the stadium, the crowd. Can you can you stay true to to the way that you the way that you play, and can you control the controllables, i.e., the technical and tactical side of your game? And we just felt like we didn't give up until that you know until four 0 down. We we hadn't really given a a true representation of 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 us as a as a side. Mm. But hey, it happens and. You look back at the whole run that the boys enjoyed in the Youth Cup and we're incredibly proud of them. They'll all take a huge amount from that experience oh, uh, across those six games. You've got to remember, it took yeah. us five games to get there, five wins. We played Stockton, Spennymore, Gateshead, Chorley and Macclesfield. 
to get to to get to Lincoln, and I think it just shows that. And again, hopefully they'll they'll learn this that that stage fright, if you like, if they want to go and do anything in the game, it can't happen. You get the top players thrive in that atmosphere. Just any any sort of atmosphere where, oh, right, I'm not, I'm used to, I'm not used to this. This is not normal. And they step into it and go, but I'm loving it. And then they go on to the next one. That's what I've got to get used to. Mm. And um, hopefully that experience at Lincoln will go right well. We we possibly failed because we did get a little bit of stage fright. So they they had plenty of weaknesses in their team. They had two good midfield players and a good centre forward. But we didn't exploit their weaknesses on the day because we didn't play our brand of football. Mm. They they got their kind of strengths out, if you like. Um, but we didn't until the second half start playing our brand of football to then exploit their weaknesses. Mm. Um, obviously, Will McCamley did exceptionally well on the night. But yeah, it was just that first half where again it just looked like the lads were just a little bit oh, unsure. Did, did look like a year or two younger than yeah. the blink. Clearly, they're not. Mm-hmm. Well, they might have been on average. Well, we had how many first years did we have? We had a few first years in the squad, didn't we? So. Mm-hmm. Again, all good, good experience. Mm. Um, it wasn't like we had a full team of under-18s. We had a few 17s in there, mm. which again will be great experience for them. And hopefully, again, what we said to them is, especially for the, the 17s this year, hopefully that FA Youth Cup run has really whet your appetite for next season and you want to go and improve on that. Mm. Can we get to the next round or the round after? Good benchmark, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Right, gents, I think that's it. Unless there's anything you're burning to say. Okay. Thank you very much. Mariners. Pleasure. Up the Mariners. Up the Mariners. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better way to end than an up the Mariners from the managers themselves. Hope you enjoyed that glimpse from the bridge. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon before you can say Julio Arca. Mariners.